Hi, thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. So today we're going to be talking about a song of Wreaths and Ruin by Ro- Roseanne A. Brown. Published by Balzer and Belay. So this is a story that is steeped in West African folklore. And I have to say, I was really entranced by this story. Um... At first, I will admit, you know, I, I kind of wasn't because the story, the first half of the book, it bored me just a little bit. You know, I would read this book at night. I read a quarter. I read it in three nights. Let's let's say that, you know, the first two nights I read one quarter, then a, you know the second quarter, and that first half of the novel. I don't know if maybe I was just tired, you know, at night, time is really the only time I get to read because, you know, I do have, um, a nine-month-year-old son. Oh, wait, no, he's, he's, it's ten now. Oh, wow. Whew, growing up so fast. Um, you know, I do have a baby and a lot of my time is, you know, taking care of him. So nighttime is really the only time I really get to, to read. Um, so I forego sleeping for reading. Not too bad, but maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but I felt like it kind of took too long to sort of develop. Now, I don't want to say that that's bad because what Brown does with the story is she uses storytelling, you know, as a catalyst. And if you are familiar with, you know, African traditions, Storytelling is a way of life. You know, it passes history. Um, it passes down folklore. It passes down lessons to the community. So that's what storytelling is. You know, and you add, you can add a tempo to it and everything. So that's sort of what this novel was reminiscent about. I mean, you could hear it and you could hear the tempo with it. But that first half of it was really a little slow because it's developing this world and it's developing the storytelling and you get to meet the characters and you're sort of thrust into it. Um, You're following Malik at first, you know, he's a refugee and I think it really does highlight something about refugees in general, how... He has to lie from where he came from because the part of the country where he's from, they're not really accepted. So, he's a refugee, he's a little out of his depth, he doesn't feel at home or comfortable. Um, A lot of who he is is being stripped away with false papers, false identities. And it's it's very sad um, and realistic at the same time. So just tug at the reader's heartstrings. But... You know, after that, there is this catalyst moment that kind of blows you away um, with the storyteller and them getting into the city. But after that, I feel like the story slows down a lot. Um, but, but once again, as as slow as it was, you know, I didn't want to not pick the book up again. I didn't want to know what was going to happen again. Um, but 
I think that has more to do with Brown's storytelling and how she incorporates storytelling into the actual story. You know, there's this tempo to it, and I love the fluidity at which it moves and how it is growing. So it does have a bit of a slow pace initially, but it's not bad. You know, it is an excellently, it is excellently done. It is executed very well. It is written very well. And I love how Brown highlights and honors her culture and her heritage with her storytelling. Now that being said, you know, I said that I read this book in two nights, right? I mean, three nights. That last half of the book, I had only planned on reading, you know, another quarter of the books, you know, late at night. I eventually do want to go to sleep. I sped through it. I could not put it down. That last half of the book was so mind-blowing. You know, the tempo is rising, the tension is rising, the character dynamics are growing and they're changing. And it was just amazing. It blew my mind, especially that ending. I was blown away and I absolutely loved it. So I think that last half of the book, you know, that really grabbed me, that halfway mark Whew, I was blown away. I had no intention of finishing the book in that night, and yet I did. You know, I read it. I couldn't put it down. I was just like, what? No, I need, I need more. So, you know, when a book leaves me wanting more in such a good way, I think the author has done their job. Um, as for the characters, you know, I do like Malik and Karina as characters. Um, don't get me wrong. But I think another reason why the first half of the novel sort of um, didn't pull me in so much was because, you know, Malik, he comes from um, a pretty sad background. Um, you know, he had this gift when he was younger and his family sort of ostracized him, you know, the the council, they sort of tried to, they convinced him he was hallucinating, you know, they convinced him that everything he thought he had was wrong, so he never really felt worthwhile to his community, he never really felt worthwhile to his family, um, he somehow always didn't fit, you know, and he has panic attacks as well, because of a lot of this, and I think what really bothered me about it, while I understand all of that, there's a lot of internal self-deprecation. I think that's just a, a pet peeve of mine, self-deprecation. Um, it's understandable. It fits in the story. It's written really well. Um, but I think, and I've said this in a, in a previous review of another book, you know, when it comes to self-deprecation, I think it's a, just a pet peeve of mine, honestly because there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it fits within a context. You completely understand why he has such an amount of self-loathing, why he doesn't think he can do anything, because of the way his family treated him, the way he grew up, the, his panic attacks. It's all completely understandable and acceptable for him to feel this way. There is no doubt of that, no doubt about that. He is allowed to feel this way because of how he's been treated. But I think, for me, that's just, once again, I think it's just a pet peeve of mine when characters are so 
self-deprecating. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it just does. And Karina's kind of the same way. She was never groomed to be queen, and then all of a sudden she gets the queendom. And she has, you know, her own issues. She's got constant migraines. She's got people who think she's not good enough. She herself doesn't think she's good enough. But I feel like her self-deprecation, um, it's, it's different and it's not, and it's more tolerable because it doesn't come as frequently as I think Malix does, but then as Malix does, you know, so I think maybe the excessive amount of self-deprecation on Malik's on Malik's part is probably what bothered me because Karina has it too, you know, but it didn't bother me as much, you know, every time she kind of put herself down internally and it didn't bother me. And as the story progressed, I will say this, Brown is extraordinary with her character development because both of these characters, they, they find their inner strength, they grow into themselves, they find comfort in their skin. And they both become as powerful as their magic, you know, she becomes as fierce as her magic and he becomes as strong as his magic and I love how different their magics are as far as the story goes. It's really interesting how the magic in this novel works. It's kind of separate. It has lots of dark origins. There's a lot of dark origins in this story, uh, which I also thought was really interesting. And I have to say, I love Brown's storytelling. I think she is so great at capturing a narrative and bringing it to life and sort of creating this world and combining these cultures and giving life to the story. She works her own magic the same way Malik kind of works his magic when he's storytelling. And I think it's amazing how she does that with Malik. I mean, that was honestly a mesmerizing scene. I was so entranced. I actually read it twice because I thought I was so beautiful and so lovely. You know, this particular scene with Malik's storytelling, I had to read it twice. And I would read it again if my arc hadn't expired. <laughs> but I thought it was a really great moment as far as the story goes. So, on that note, um, you know, I do highly recommend it. I give A Song of Ra Wraiths and Ruin four stars um, by... Roseanne A. Brown. Once again, I highly recommend it. Um, if money is not too tight, go ahead and purchase this book on bookshop.org. Per a percentage of all your proceeds do get donated to local bookstores. And if money is too too tight, please support your local library. You know, libraries are a great resource for everyone, and I think it's important that we keep them around. So. Thanks for joining me today. Please don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast. Um, and you can check out my channel for more. And as always, happy reading, guys.